Hello and welcome to the Smell Test Podcast, the weekly podcast where we review beloved movies from our past to see whether they today, as of November 2023, still hold up. And by that, we mean culturally, ethically, humorously, and through our own personal gut checks. We conclude our episode by judging whether or not the film we've watched passes the smell test. So um, I feel like now I'm at this point where I'm reciting that like I had to recite a poem in like middle school to the class but we put in the the what is that called the parameter the the iambic pentameter yeah there we go yeah so before we get started though we got a lawyer in the house (laughs) you're officially our legal counsel um (laughs) we have a few disclaimers this podcast uh represents solely the opinion of the podcasters and is meant for entertainment purposes i remembered one another example sometimes i will call broadway stars who play spongebob squarepants uh full-on murderers because i miss because he shares the same name as another guy named ethan um (laughs) (laughs) so it happens um this podcast also includes spoilers um so if you want to watch the movie beforehand which today is superstar um which is i think right now it's on paramount plus and also on pluto which is a free uh, moving streaming platform if you don't have paramount plus um so if you want to watch it by all means do so um and also the reason why there's going to be spoilers is because we're switching up our episode format so you may have noticed we've been playing around with um discussing like major themes in the podcasts and other times we've shifted to trying to describe the whole film um well jess and i have decided (laughs) that we're gonna go back to discussing the themes more and here's why one of the biggest things i wanted to discuss about don't tell mom the babysitter's dead i totally fucking forgot about and i just want to call it out now because i think it's an important thing when we talk about passing the smell test right um this that film don't tell mom the babysitter is dead they had a car stolen from them and uh it was stolen by three drag queens which was just very offensive to me <laughs> they well, never they were like what are we up. supposed to tell the police that liza minnelli stole our car <laughs> yeah and it was just offensive and weird and it never came up again um anyway yeah, hey, it was just there to be bad guys. <laughs> so we're going back to themes. And so today we're going to talk about the themes in the 1999 film Superstar, which is <laughs> an American comedy film that is based on a Saturday Night Live skit about a socially inept girl named Mary Catherine Gallagher. Um, the story follows Mary Catherine trying to find her place in her Roman Catholic private school it was directed by um kids in the hall alum which i just love and i love this director this actor bruce mccullough it stars Mm -hmm. people like just top-notch snl royalty molly shannon will ferrell um harlan williams is in it mark who is one of my he's such a good live comedian i worked through law school i went oh we didn't introduce ourselves i'm jess oh my god we never yeah we didn't i like just kind of yeah 
So you're Jess and you were what this came out in 99. So you were like 17. You were yeah. Mary Catherine's age. <laughs> I was her theoretic age. You were like Mary Catherine Gallagher. And you know, one of the things about me as a teenager, whenever I look at pictures, when I went out and I was dressed up, I was always dressed business casual. So I was also a 35 year old, 17 year old. Okay. But so I was 12 when this came out. And so I could, I could definitely relate to Mary Catherine Gallagher in a lot of ways. Um, but so you mentioned <laughs> that you dress like a 35 year old. Do you feel like, I, I don't know what size you I were. I found this picture. Oh, sorry. Ask the question. I no. said, I don't know what size you were when you were younger, but I was a chubby gal. And chubby. like the only options if you were a chubby gal was to dress like you were a middle-aged woman. Right. Like Lane Bryant. Like ready like- to go to your admin like I still to this day, to this day, will not wear leopard print or any kind of animal print clothes because when I was a teenager trying to like find clothes to go out in, the like only and I'm quote unquote cool stuff in Lane Bryant was fucking glittered animal print and I wouldn't wear it. So I found this picture a couple of weeks ago and it was me. Well, I guess it was a couple months ago. It's me sitting at my best friend's house and I'm wearing pinstriped pants that I know were wide leg. I know I wore them with a boot and then a mock turtleneck white sweater. (laughs) (laughs) I used to like hang out in. Did you have a brooch on too? Like I'm just picturing a brooch. No, but I did have bangs, but pretty much the same haircut I'm wearing now and bangs. And bangs. Yeah. Bangs really had a moment. I mean, I, I do bangs semi-often. I go through a phase where I'm like, I need bangs again. And then I'm like, why did I do this? And then I twist them back. And it's just, a, <laughs> I'm always doing that. So, I mean, I haven't had bangs in years and years. But so Mar- Mary Catherine Gallagher, let's start here with her fashion. Yes. World's oh, shortest. Hair. Actually, you talk about, let's start here where we usually do it. We both have a connection to this movie. For sure. I was obsessed with this movie when I was younger. Obsessed. So tell me about your experience. Because I think we figured out we both liked it. But I don't think we get, got far into what our experiences with it were. Yeah, I think we just needed to watch a movie that was full of happiness because the world is shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, so I don't remember when I think my sister is probably my most vivid memory of this because my sister was like the goofiest, funniest person I've ever met. And she would do like superstar a lot. So I would have been a scene. It was definitely before I left my parents house. So the only time I would have seen this pretty contemporaneously when it came out, but it just reminds me of like playing around with my sister. And, and she was, it was funny because when you think about like, So I always had a good group of friends. I always had a pretty decent. So I didn't date, but I had like a pretty decent social life. Um, And but my sister like was just kind of a homebody, but she was so gloriously goofy. And I was like always a little jealous that she was so freely goofy. Like I remember seeing her once she used to work at a baseball stadium and she just like started doing the um the dance from oh my god why what's that 
vote for Pedro movie? Why am I? Oh, Napoleon Dynamite. She did the whole dance on the stairs at a baseball stadium, like in front of people. And I just was too, I never thought I was too reserved for that kind of freedom. And she would do the Mary Catherine Gallagher shit all the time. And I loved loved (laughs) that she was so free with it. And, and, you know, it's, it's so funny because now that we're in our forties, she's like, you know, you go through the phase that you kind of like get a little more restricted, but she's kind of back into that silly goofiness. And it's so, I'm so happy to see that. But Eric, my husband is always goofy like that too. He just, you know, you've seen him. He starts like singing and dancing out of nowhere and he'll be like sitting on his phone, not talking to anyone. And all of a sudden he's like singing and dancing and you're like, what the fuck is going on? But I like love people who are just fine with their silliness. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I loved this character so much because she wasn't really like she was awkward in pieces, but she wasn't she it didn't stop her from just being imaginative, silly, silly person. She's very self-assured. She knows Mm -hmm. what she wants. She has goals. So for me, I also watched this pretty quickly after it came out um once again shout out to carolina if she if she ever listened to this um but you know my girl had satellite cable so or not satellite those are opposite words um she had satellite (laughs) tv and so we watched this probably on one of her premium channels um i definitely related i was obsessed with mary catherine gallagher so back up a little bit about my relationship with mary catherine gallagher versus the film did you have any knowledge of mary catherine gallagher before the film yeah i would say that this was probably the only time in my life that i was watching saturday night live exactly rio terry and her and Will like, Ferrell yeah. and that brief moment, Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall was on it. Um, but you get to see him here. Um, yeah. And I think that that Anna was a- Ga- Anna Gasteyer. Yes. Yes. Tracy Morgan, Tim Meadows. And probably so, a little, Maya, the beginning of Maya Rudolph's time, right? I think probably around. Probably. She came well, a little I think she was more like 2000. So yeah. 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 So very first time i could tell you the very first time i watched snl was december 96 because that's when we moved from california to oklahoma and my we lived with my grandmother and my grandmother watched snl every saturday night and so um, my grandma did not have a big house she lived in like a turn of the century essentially shack there was a giant wood stove in it there was like two main bedrooms and then like a kind of a room in the garage uh, garage area um but anyway i had to sleep when we first moved there i was sleeping like on a pallet that they made like right in front of the tv <laughs> so anything my grandma was watching i was watching and i remember watching snl for the first time and just falling in love with two specific sketches the spartan cheerleaders Mm -hmm. of will ferrell and sherry o'terry and mary catherine gallagher and for similar reasons they're both like physical comedy just goofy Mm -hmm. optimistic positive for like confident um they love to dance so 
um with mary catherine i used to always like do the you know the stuff that she does you know so one of the things that she did in the skits which she does throughout the film is she sticks her hands under her armpits yep <laughs> and then she's like when i get nervous i stick my hand under my armpits and then i smell them like this and like she just like does this really exaggerated way of smelling yeah. her armpits so I used to do that. And then there's this other thing that she's known for. She gets like kind of on her knees, not on her knees, but she like kind of curtsies and goes superstar and like swing, swings her arms in the air. And just that, the just the physical comedy of all that. And like a lot of the sketches were about how clumsy she was. Right. <laughs> but like but, she had these insane long, well, she still does. She has these yeah. insane long legs that like kick up in the air and you're like, holy shit, because you could tell that everything she did, she was still such a gymnast in it, yeah. you know? And she talks about, it. have you read her book? No, but a friend of mine was just telling me about her book about two hours oh. ago. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's So I, I, I think, I don't know if I've said this on here before. I'm sure I've said it to you before. Biographies I always listen to because I love hearing the author tell the stories. Oh. Um, so like Leslie Jones who was a big fan of the physical comedy. So it started me thinking of that. So she was like a big uh, Molly Shannon on SNL fan. Um, but I'm sure her book didn't even say any of the words that she said to us. So I'm going to have to physically read her book too, because I, you could tell she was just like, and then this happened. And this, let me tell you, I remember this. I remember this. And she would go off. But Molly Shannon, anyway, back to the story. She has kind of like a, she has a pretty tragic, tragic. childhood. Yep. Um, but when she talks about her in Mary Catherine Gallagher, it, she talks a lot about um, like insurance people at F SNL freaking the fuck out and like <laughs> how they were going to do all these stunts and the people who took care of her. And she felt like so much love and appreciation for the stunt coordinators that made sure she was safe, even though she was doing these really intense moves. But yeah, it it was um... it's just so fun to watch that. And then Sherry O'Terry with Will Ferrell was just so fun because I'm so short. And and that yeah. actually, so Diane's to her husband height is probably about the same as Will Ferrell's Sherry. So it's You're funny not short you mention Diane, him. But... <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mention him because, yeah, he used to, um, so the friend who introduced us, her name's Kylie. She, Hello, Kylie. <laughs> she um, met Jan because they used to cheer on friends at a bat. I think they played intramural bat, like club basketball or something. I don't know, but they played basketball. And so it would be Jan, who's very tall. And then my friend Kylie, who I was, she's shorter than me, maybe like five, two, five, three ish. Yeah. And so they looked like that together. So they used to call themselves the Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love it. Yeah, so that's funny that you mentioned that. But I, yeah, we've never done that as like a Halloween costume or anything. Which oh, that's a funny. missed opportunity. Yeah, it really is. Um, we've got it as a nun and a priest. Which like, sorry to everybody um, who's <laughs> Catholic, I guess. So <laughs> Eric and I have never done a a group costume. That's the only one we've done. Um, but so speaking of Catholicism, though, Mary Catherine Gallagher. I don't think I see her aside from her costume she wears or like some workout stuff. She's wearing a schoolgirl's outfit the entire time. Yeah. Which, in all her fantasies. 
<laughs> I have to say it's quite the fit though. Like it's supposed to be geeky and dorky, but for the most part, I have to say there are so many components of her outfit that I still love today. So she has like the thick frame kind of cat eye glasses. I still wear those. Yes. She has um, a Peter Pan top with Peter Pan collar top, which is like one of my favorite kinds of collar styles, if not the favorite. She's wearing a vest. I love vests. For a brief moment, I was known for like being really into vests. Plaid <laughs> skirt. I'm into plaid pleated skirts. Like that's a style I'm into all the time. Knee highs. I always love knee highs and Oxford. I feel very passionate about my compression socks. They're right. So which double as knee highs. Right. <laughs> I sometimes wear compression socks and I wear them like knee highs. <laughs> Listen, Conrad, if you, Conrad compression socks, if you want to sponsor us, please <laughs> let us know because we wear you all the time in the Homer Greasehaber household. Thank you. They need to get into the like middle-aged woman podcasting space because I'm sure yeah. so many of us um <laughs> I mean they're just good for you girlies they're just but good for her you. whole outfit I would still wear today that the height of the skirt is too I'm like it's too much it's supposed it's, to be funny right but otherwise ooh. I would wear that I would wear all those pieces maybe not all together but I would wear all those pieces today I could see you in it it's more work than I tend to put into a uniform an outfit but yes I could see you doing it so a few things that I loved about Mary Catherine Gallagher's character is, yeah, she's very self-confident. So she knows she wants to kiss a boy. She knows she knows she's talented. <laughs> There's a scene where she like just rescues this kid from dying and is just like, yep, glad I could help. I fucking rock. And I'm like, you're awesome. You're so like watching as an adult seeing a kid. I'm like, oh my God, I wish kids could hold on to that. Like kind of confidence. You know what's so weird about that. So that little girl, I remember. So actually I, this may be the whole fucking movie for me is that there are so many people in this movie that I was sure were part of like every movie I watched. So, for example, <laughs> Elaine Hendricks, Evie. Listen, Elaine I Hendricks, swore. I feel like she was in everything, but she wasn't. She oh, was because you're thinking things. of Bridget Wilson Sampras. That, that's who I, so the whole time, I'm like, yeah, how did she get involved with all these? No, I'm not thinking of Bridget Wilson Sampras, but she was in I, I Know What You Did Last Summer, the one you well, just described. And she was also in, in Billy Madison. Billy Madison, but she also they. Were, I I think like, you're right though that I kind of inter. And then I already I text you about this. I thought Jennifer Irwin and Samantha B were the same person. I swore that was the same actress. And then the little girl who plays little Mary, she mm -hmm. is so. I I swore I saw that little girl in everything, and I might be confusing her to, for the. What is that movie like? Welcome to the Dollhouse, like the weird emo. Oh, movie. so you thought but it was Heather Matarazzo? I think so, but that makes sense. I looked her up. She doesn't even have a fucking picture on IMDb. That's <laughs> how little things she's she was been like. In I literally brain. just did that one thing in my brain. She was so yeah. She was in. Isn't every... that funny how I we do that? Movie so many times that I just became like yeah. It. I thought that like Keith Coogan from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter Z. I thought I must have known him from uh, so many other things. No, it's just because 
I had seen him a lot and like he was yeah. one of the only actors I had seen, right? Yeah. Um it's so funny. But yeah, so Elaine Hendricks. <laughs> so she is has a very important part in Roman Michelle's high school reunion. And so yeah. I just love her. I think she's gorgeous. But yeah. she was a mean girl, I mean, in this film. But so Mary Catherine Gallagher, some things I wanted to discuss related to Mary Catherine Gallagher, despite all this confidence, despite all this, um, like all this self, like she's very self-assured. She's very positive. Despite all this, she also has an anger issue. For sure. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, first of all, I will say, I do want to say that I think you and I, as like adult women, see her vulnerability as confidence mm -hmm. i don't know that like the character was supposed to be betraying portraying confidence all the time as much as we're like put on girl go on do that but yeah she had a fucking temper like she she assaulted evian a couple times <laughs> yeah and so here's one theme i want to discuss mm -hmm. special education in schools mm -hmm. So yeah. that's a big theme in this. She's in, because of her outburst, she gets put in a special education class. And everyone in that class is in there for like different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of them are like behavioral issues. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes you wonder. I think the only like explicit thing they said was like one of them has OCD. Yeah. But that was fascinating to me because I don't think I thought that she's like neurodivergent or anything when I was a kid watching this. But like as an adult, I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, and, you know, like that, that was so big at that time. Right. Because I remember as being an older teenager, like they're like, she needs support and Ritalin and the grandma's like fuck no she's not you're not putting my granddaughter on Ritalin if the god if god gave her this much energy then she's supposed to have this much energy mm -hmm. that was during a time where parents were starting Everyone. to be aware yeah. of the over diagnosing the over prescribing of Ritalin and the long-term impacts that that has because just a couple years ago before that, well during that time period there were plenty of parents that were just like doctors were saying put them on Ritalin for a hyper kid and mm -hmm. and like there's this whole generation of whether they're young old millennials I guess would be older millennials that were just doped up and all their like beautiful creativity was stifled because of this idea like we have control because I think like if we think about kids in control we hear a lot of times like kids should be seen, not heard. We hear that by older people a lot. And when people who are in their 50s, 60s, whatever, they were well-behaved children because they were afraid because they got beat up, right? And when they weren't well-behaved, I think- and, and they were working the farm and shit. I just Right, they were too tired. They were like too they were fucking too tired. exhausted, too busy acting like a 30-year-old man to, to, you know, have fun. Right, and then so if you think about like, my parents so i you know my parents were young so let's put my parents were the same age as like a typical your like 12 13 year old parents um so they you know they were the kids that were like left to, on their own devices 
So that's like the first generation that started being like, let's let kids be just kids and not give them jobs and not make them do all that stuff as much. Maybe that's a little later, but how do we still keep kids in line, even though we don't have all these outlets, but we don't want to beat them into it anymore. How do we keep these kids in line? Oh, let's just dope them up. But so much creativity was lost in that age bracket because so many of them were just drugged up. And I think I remember my, I don't remember. I remember my parents' reaction like, yeah, sometimes it's okay to have a little energy, mm. right? And even now I say that like, I'm always thinking like, let that girl keep her sass. Like I fucking love it. Let it, let it happen. And that's been something that gets tamped down with kids all the time. Well, you mentioned tamp down. And so I was thinking, so I'm like rewatching this. I'm thinking of Mary Catherine Gallagher and I'm thinking about how she, you know, she, she had so much energy and so much creativity and it was fostered and it eventually like it ends up working out for her. Right. Right. So she's kind of given license to be weird, be wild. Um, For me, I have two situations where I had tried out for talent shows, both times I didn't get in and both of them, like I was doing Mary Catherine Gallagher type shit. So um the first one I was like seven and my talent was dancing without music and so (laughs) I just went in and I did what I thought you know seven just imagine a seven-year-old's interpretation what break dancing looks like oh I love it I love it so much so I did that I didn't get in and I thought it must be because I didn't have music so the next year I decide I'm going to try again. This time I'm going to do music. Do I know how to dance? No. Is anyone going to teach me how to dance? No. Is that going to stop me? Also no. So um, we had two cassette tapes. <laughs> so my... This I want you to point. say Hats by Amy Grant more than I've ever wanted anything. No, to. no, no. And so it's there's two tapes. And at the time... It was when my father uh, co-owned a convenience store in California with my uncle. And so they would get sent promo stuff all the time. So we had a lot of like cigarette themed stuff, a lot of Coca-Cola themed stuff. And these two tapes were, there's a cigarette brand called Basic. And so they this brand called Basic Cigarettes sent us two tapes. One was called the Basic Country Mix. And then the other one was the basic classics mix. I selected the lion sleeps tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Jess has her, Jess hasn't looked up for like 20 seconds because she's laughing so hard. (laughs) I actually put on makeup today. So I do an interpretive dance. Oh, I would like do that when I turn fifty. Can that if you would do a remake of that? Absolutely, my um students. I told them about it the other day because it was music <laughs> week in class and the projector died. <laughs> and I told them that story, and then they went, "We can all do interpretive dances of our favorite songs if you want." And I was like, "Oh, I'm so touched." Also, take that, but. Yeah. 
I didn't get in that time either. And you know what? I got to tell you, just to tell myself, I had a classmate named Emma who was like, yeah, I'm going to go up there. And I, my mom made me this, this headband thing that looks like a daisy. And I'm going to wear that. And I'm going to sing the song like Daisy, Daisy, something, whatever. And I was like, oh, <laughs> good luck, Emma. And like Emma got in and I did not get in because I'm a dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm an arrogant asshole. So anyway, that's when those things got tamped down for me. And mm. so. <laughs> well, so, and I, yeah, yeah, I think. Oh, I don't want to get in. Yeah, keep going. I feel like, well, I just feel like every kind of rambunctious kid, especially little girls, have mm-hmm. these moments where we are told we're too loud or we're mm-hmm. too. Yeah, know, that too was the noisy. one that I got a lot. It was yeah, just normally my mother who was trying to ruin my confidence. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So that, but that's. But, but that that happens right mm-hmm. and so I think the reason why I love Mary Catherine especially at the moment I was in time like Mary Catherine wanted to kiss a boy Will yeah. Ferrell's character um, and we Scott. know we what we know about you if we know anything <laughs> your goal in life was to kiss a boy you kiss home. a boy and so <laughs> at that point I wanted to know I, I too wanted to know what it felt like so I resonated with her and I also resonated with how she was able to um to like still be herself and be confident and that i think was something a message i needed to know here but also moving on to the second theme of the film how they treat bullying Mm -hmm. it kind of flips the script so we haven't talked about it yet yeah yeah, but there's great. a lot of Carrie references in this film. So many Carrie references <laughs> we totally forgot about. <laughs> Me too. It was a delight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will, and you know what's so funny is that they look at like, we really got like a 360 view of all of it. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so first of all, Mary Catherine Gallagher is also a bully. When she talks about Evian, she calls her the most beautiful, the most bulimic girl. Yep. So, so, but you know, her and her, her and her friends. So Evian and her friends are play the mean girls, and they are like, should we run for glaucoma, like whatever, cycle for whatever, and and so they're always coming up with ways to do charity work. Yet they're so mean to Mary Catherine Gallagher about not having tits and like right. Like essentially attacking girls are body image. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And then Evian gets dumped because she was so mean. Right. To, to her. But then he gaslights the shit out of her when he dumps Evian. So I'm like, this is just too many things. But I will say about the bullying in this movie, the best insults of any. Some some of the insults were not the best. Uh, we'll talk about those, mm-hmm. but the best, I mean, this is where we heard people called boob sweat. This is the first <laughs> time I heard a person called boob sweat, <laughs> called nipple hair, called skid mark, called hymenally challenge, which will let it, or maybe actually clueless was before this. And that was from there. 
she told Evian to go drink a bottle of herself, which is the best line. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> of any, you should be really embarrassed because your parents named you after bottled water. <laughs> Come on, man. The comebacks in this. And I know me and my siblings would call each other these names. Mm. We did not call each other Lesbo or the R word, though. Let's be Yeah, clear. which were the two, two issues. I, well, you pointed out three of them that I had with the movie. But... So, but the bullying, so to me, um, I appreciated, because at this time I was experiencing bullying. I lived in a small town and it's never easy to move to a small town yep. in it's not general. not easy to move to a big town either, because I moved into a big high school and no one knew you were the new kid because the school had so many fucking people that they right. just thought I was the kid sitting alone. So no one does that. So moving sucks. So then you can't, yeah, I get that too. So I moved into a town where everyone is what each graduating class was a hundred people and everyone grew up with each other. And then mm -hmm. I move in from, I had two strikes against me. I was from California and I wasn't white. <laughs> and right. so uh, I was bullied at that, at that time, definitely. And um, one thing that I appreciate about this film is that sky did break up with Evian because Evian was a like phys like physically accosted. He came in on Evian insulting Mary Catherine Gallagher and saying that her parents died because they couldn't deal with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is fucked up. And then yeah. they also said, uh, or she also hit Mary Catherine. So one thing I always appreciate about this film is that he was like, that wasn't okay. I'm not going to be with you, which was like, I think something I needed to see at the time. Like it was a nice signal. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I didn't, I never noticed until this time that when he goes and they go to break up in the gym and everyone knows it except for Evian, uh, that he's like, you know what you did. We talked till we were blue in the face last night, but the phone call was like, what you did today was not cool. I don't have time to talk to you right now. And she's like, but you called me silly. And he's like, stop nagging me and hangs up on her. And I was like, oh, but I loved the, I did love the part where she goes to his house and his mom was like, it was nice knowing you. And she was like, what? And then the mom's like, oh, you're going to get an attitude with me. What are you going to do? Hit me too. And I was like, oh shit. Like I don't know. I just how he exclusively you know. wears pajamas. <laughs> the parents dream. are having like a soiree, and he's in striped pajamas. <laughs> so good. And at this point, like I don't think we even address like the ages of these people. But like, oh, they're all thirty. Molly Shannon's thirty five. Will Ferrell, mm -hmm. I think I saw was like thirty two. So they were all, all straight up adults think, playing teenagers. I think Elaine Hendricks was the youngest, and she was twenty nine. <laughs> So it's like, By the way, so Elaine fun. Hendricks, so we were running late today to start and, uh, well, Diane was it's running me. behind and I, <laughs> I, I wasn't, yeah, you're like, I wasn't call. late. It's Diane, which you're absolutely Well, right. I'm telling you because I need you to know that I used that time desperately trying to find the hip hop videos where Elaine Hendricks was apparently a backup dancer for MC what? Hammer, for Keith Sweat. For all these different hip hop artists, no and way. I spent the whole time trying to find her being a backup dancer, and I couldn't find it, and that's why I found the video about Emmy Layborn singing about fucking her brother. So Emmy Layborn plays Mary Catherine's essentially best friend. 
best part of the movie i'm sorry i love helen so much the um helen is like also a little has anger issues right kind of basketball player yeah it sounds like that's the only thing she's goofy she does like a lot of like (laughs) kind of like laughing the whole time but there's nothing except for the fact that she's like this very aggressive now it could have been two ways right because we don't know anything about her disability she seems to be very open to share everyone else's problems yeah we Did never she get put it. in special ed so she could keep high grades so she could stay on the basketball team? We know that that's a real thing. Oh. Huh. So, Interesting. I well, I think they had her act in a way that was, like, ditzy enough. Yeah. Where it was, like, signaling something. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any other themes from the movie? Those were my two top, like, themes. Well, and then the other ones... The other, well, staying on the special ed for one second, one of yeah. them was just a goth chick. So that's why she was in special ed. One of mm-hmm. them thought every girl wanted to have sex with him and every boy. Mm-hmm. So, like, all these kids didn't have anything that was like discernibly. Right. So, yeah, I was trying to, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was trying to figure out where to place that. Cause I was like, is that in the smell test discussion or what? But essentially, I didn't get a sense like when you hear that like there's going to be scenes of a movie taking place where a bunch of people who ostensibly don't have these disabilities are pretending to be people with disabilities it can get a little hairy right and I think for the most part it it, it wasn't done insensitively I remember being a kid watching and thinking that a lot of them were like I, I saw it more as a the system stuck them in this room for being different right um, and that's kind of how I still feel that's more a commentary on the school but yeah. some of them did have you know like the guy with OCD I would say was a little dysfunctional mm-hmm. um but yeah they, they didn't I don't think they really acted disrespectful I don't know what do you think uh I mean like tom green's if tom green's character was removed from the movie entirely oh no no i mean the way that the the, the way that they handled yeah they didn't the actors didn't like make me feel uncomfortable watching i didn't feel like they were like you know i do just making fun of yeah and i didn't feel like they were making fun of people with disabilities right that's that was my point but tom green right so then but then they show like Tom Green bullies him. He calls him the R word. He says all this stuff. But he's the one who looks like the asshole in the movie. Like you watch it, you're like, he's an asshole. Yeah. But like he still kept friends. Right. So he still was, was friends with Sky. Right. Um, so we have not talked about her oversexuality. Mm, and I think that that's one of the things. So, first of all, fucking Molly Shannon, man, this girl. First, I am deeply in love with Molly Shannon. I I don't want to look up anything about political opinions, just in, <laughs> case. Um, just in case. But like, I deeply, deeply love her commitment. Right, like she was straight. Looked like she was having an orgasm on that tree. Like there was like a lot of like like quivering that her physical body made happen, and I was like, "Yo, God, this is so embarrassing to watch." I kept on laughing because I was like still like my siblings call it the quiggles like i'm so embarrassed for this person there were a lot of those kind of laughs but like 
might listen when she goes in the and she goes in the confessional and we know she's like a, the rewind girl at a movie store and she loves movies and she loves <laughs> which is hilarious <laughs> when she goes in the confessional and she starts doing her made for tv monologue and, <laughs> and says, oh, I'm a slut. then she starts throwing herself and breaks the thing and everyone's in shirt. <laughs> like all i can think and then like when she does it to the to uh mark mckinney's father mm-hmm. Ridley, when yeah. she does and she's like tearing her shirt off and he's just holding her but, like, she, like, <laughs> and i'm like yo the part of the thing was is that she would have gotten expelled now because mm-hmm. like she was like any any male professor would have been so afraid to talk to her I do love all those monologues. So she gives a lot of different monologues from like very obscure films. Very obscure. Which is just so funny because she just like will randomly start acting out like where she'll go. What did she go? She goes like, which I can resonate with because I love to quote films. She's like, my feelings can be best described through a monologue from the like 1977 film portrait of centerfold or whatever it was called <laughs> so good so good but um, she was like this just like she talks about kissing but like well that, i think obviously that's why I re- those things resonated with me as a kid right because right. i was like yeah what does fucking feel like right uh, overhyped to to be honest but <laughs> But yeah, I definitely related to a lot of that. Now, did you relate to any of the Catholicism stuff? So yeah, I grew up Catholic, but I did not go to Catholic school. I was like Catholic light. So, okay. In my experience as a Boston Irish Catholic, that means you go to mass for 45 minutes, you get the fuck out. There's no, like, we didn't do church, like, hang out socially things after the CCD building was behind my school and I could walk my elementary school. I could walk. So CCD, I don't know what it stands for, but it's Sunday school, whatever the thing is that prepares you for the sacrament. So you do it before you get your first communion, you do it until confirmation. And then once that's done, you're done. Um, So that was behind my public school. It was like the next lot over from my public school and I could walk home from there. So I didn't hang out there. Um, the church was the place that had dances. So we did dances in the church basement. They were not appropriate. And uh, I spent more of my time, my social time at church at Portuguese feasts than I did at like mm. practice of Catholicism. So I went to confession once. I didn't know what to say. So I lied about a sin because I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> So you committed a sin while you... (laughs) Yeah. So I told him I hit my sister. I had not hit my sister. I'm sure at some point I hit my sister. Uh, So that was before communion. I was supposed to do it again before confirmation, but I moved to a different city and they just let me confirm with my the class there. And so I like skipped that part. So I never did that kind of stuff. But I did go to a Catholic college. And in my Catholic college, they were also very like liberal though i would say that these people weren't i mean they had a thing about vd which acknowledges that students talk about sex right like so that's not very catholic of them to acknowledge the VD. <laughs> um so 
so my experience wasn't like that, but but I didn't grow up in like as when I moved to Kentucky, for example, I met people who practiced like Roman Catholicism, which is like masses much longer and like those kind of things. So but I will tell you that it fucking pissed me off the first time I saw it. And it pissed me off later is when she's praying to be a superstar and she goes, she starts whistling the sign mm-hmm. of the cross. She goes mm-hmm. to the wrong side. Uh, and it bothered me every, when we're looking at her and she's praying in bed and we oh, see I love crying. that where she's like yeah <laughs> yeah she goes backwards and I'm like oh no not those and still when I watched it this time I noticed it she That's doesn't so when they funny. do the dance when they do the uh okay. the breakout dance uh-huh. that they they yeah. do it right then but when she does it in the thing I see. I've always wondered about that. If there was a a specific order. Yeah, it's forehead, chest, opposite shoulder, then your same shoulder. Oh, the opposite shoulder is your hand. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So can I start here? Like, can I start with my left or my right, though? I don't know. I don't know. I was also in a, you know, I'm the age that a lot of lefties got bullied into being righties still. Mm. So, so who knows? Yeah. So you touched upon some of my least favorite, most favorite and cringiest. So what I was actually going to say to you, we could just do this whole episode, least favorite, most favorite, creepy and cringiest because I have 7,000 for each of them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, give me three. The one thing we didn't talk about was the Howard. I mean, the um, what's his name? Not Howard. Um, Harland Slater storyline. Mm-hmm. He he just loved her for her, and I loved it so much. Okay, yeah, that was so precious. Um, so cringiest uh was all of the anti-gay stuff. Mm-hmm. So they called her a lesbo when Howard, when Owen, that's the one who has OCD, uh, was looking at Howard. He's like, "Pretty gay." And then he, what did he say? Something like, I, he made like a sexual comment about it. I forget it. So that, um, that stuff ran through the whole movie, mm-hmm. except that there was this kind of redeeming moment when Owens like kisses Howard on the cheek and he's like, what are you gay? And he goes five times more gay than you think. Cause he did everything five times as part of his OCD. <laughs> so then he wasn't, he didn't see it as offensive of being called gay. So then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe there's this like kind of, cause it's 1999. Like right. I had gay friends in high school. That wasn't, that wasn't like a, anyway. So I hated how many, I hated Tom Green's character. Um, and I think like that, alone was so damaging to the movie um that we'll talk about in a minute and then um i loved my favorite 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 part of that movie is supermodel documentary hour (laughs) (laughs) and they're just in mass and decide to start saying christy tellington is one of my very best friends and when we go out (laughs) like that that (laughs) whole thing and i used to do that i would play Helen, because I can do a French accent too. I'm pretty good at accents, um, as long as they're not gross to do. I don't do those, but you know. Uh, so 
so that part, uh, the banana scene when Howard is like holding up two grapefruits <laughs> and like or oranges and like pretending he's filling up a woman, so she takes a banana and just squishes it to death. Uh, that is one of my uh, and even though I said it was like terrible, every time she was like grossing out the priest, it made me laugh a lot. So that was the other one. Um, and then like the the part that got me was there was this like one moment and this is why I said the vulnerability thing when Harlan she asked him if she thinks he, he thinks she's beautiful or he thinks she's pretty she goes sometimes I just hate the way I am and she mm-hmm. said it a couple times and she's covered in the blue paint from being bullied and like she's like I just hate the way I am and I was like oh my god like I want to and this is when I was saying earlier like I can't cry I don't know what's wrong with me but that was the moment that I'm like this couldn't let it go but it didn't (laughs) (laughs) but I felt for her so deeply because even if we're I think I'm a pretty confident person most of the time I walk around more confident than most people I think um but there are minutes where you have just like this super vulnerability in I don't know that what I am is not even good enough but like not good enough for me and those are the hardest times when we Mm -hmm. feel like we're not good enough for ourselves we don't like the way we are and so that part that whole scene was so beautifully done in the middle of this very very goofy movie having that one spot of like so real that you can so impactfully everything I don't know anybody who hasn't needed to be told that they were beautiful at a moment of weakness or hasn't needed that and that just like I I love that scene so much and I love Harlan Williams anyway yeah he he's a you went on you researched him a little bit so we figure out he's good he's yeah, hot now super uh, hot I'm gonna put I've that I'll put that on the I never thought he was hot on the instagram that picture he's like daddy he's energy like, he's and like i'm not daddy. even big into saying that but like jesus christ does he look good in his imd picture yeah. right now I'm like what there's is some, that there's some dudes who like get hotter and they're like 50s to 60s and That's he's bullshit. one of them for sure yeah for sure and maybe it's just that picture but okay you <laughs> uh so my most favorite was the dancing scene so she has a fantasy Mm-hmm. where um sky comes in he's like cool moves and they do a whole dance sequence starts with the robot ends with the robot i used to practice that dance when i was a kid and do it so is that that's like dabbing before dabbing was a yeah. thing it was like a kid there's definitely a da- dab yeah well and that made me think about like so i'll tell you what when it came on I got up and did it because I still knew the whole dance. Like it just like must have memory. It. Core memory unlocked. Yeah, it was literally like this. Like I knew all of it still. And it's like father, son, holy ghost. And they're like, and I just I naturally knew all of it still. And <laughs> and then when it when it was over, I was like, okay, I see why the kids these days like TikTok so much and like TikTok yeah. dances because it's kind of like that where you like nail something and it feels good. Um cringiest uh was her making out with inanimate objects <laughs> i like dissociated a little bit during those moments like i had to like look away because it's too uncomfortable uh i would say my least favorite you had a lot of good ones but we didn't you touched upon it a little bit 
but Evian is made fun of for having an eating disorder. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's like a quote unquote like funny scene where she's like, I experienced a trauma and and like she says, like, hold on or something, she goes and throws up. So like her eating disorder is like part of like it's like part of a joke about her, which is like super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, especially you know i mean (laughs) it's just it's just not funny you know i don't know it's just it's never been funny um but and then uh i think that's it right yeah i got all of them yeah so what do you think does it pass the smell test i have to say i don't think it does and so this is why i was on thankfully i looked at the rating ahead of time so on tuesday i had to babysit my niece and nephew they're nine and six well six and nine as I described and they, and I was like, I wonder if we can just watch this movie. It's one of their mom's favorite movies. Like we should just watch this. And I'm like, PG 13. I didn't ask my sister about it. So I just kind of forgot the idea. And as I was watching it, I was like, Holy fuck. I am so glad that I did not have them watch this movie. First of all, I bet they've never heard the R word. Honestly, kids these days don't let each other do shit like this. Like that, they're like I watch how they react to bullying and when other kids bully each other and the things they say to each other they're just not mean in the same way we were to each other in the 90s it's probably a different kind of mean now but that's just not I think so yeah but I think between and it depends on where you are right yes uh the eating disorder storyline and the how much they made fun of the kids that were put Um, in the special ed class I just don't think it carries it still made me chuckle I yeah. still liked the movie. I still liked watching it, but I don't. But it's like now it's going to move into that. I will probably watch it again, but should I? I don't know. I don't think that a lot of it holds up. So I'm going to say no and with big regrets. <laughs> no, I get that because, I mean, it's super uncomfortable when you think about the humor. A lot of that humor hinges on that, like, people being gay people having eating Mm -hmm. disorders people having um different forms of disabilities and so uh you know there are a lot of i would say positive messages in it and i do appreciate like i'm just glad that we're not talking about how uh all these actors were like you know leonardo dicaprio in it (laughs) Yeah, yeah and like playing like overly autistic people right. or something like right. that so in that you know that vein that's good but it's also kind of like where why is the bar so low right <laughs> so i'd have to agree with you but i would also say this is probably film i don't know i i hadn't actually seen it in like 20 years um but it did feel good you know to watch it again you especially do the dance again but I think because I have such a special connection to being bullied at that time that it helped me through something, you know, that was really big to me at the time. So that's, you know, never been kissed was similar, right? It's this whole like, it gets better, stay true to yourself kind of message. Right. Um, So. And uh, thankfully, when she did win, she said, Evian, I think you did really well and you performed beautifully because that because. Yeah. Part of the thing is that like meanness is only met with meanness. 
Like there's no like rise above minute mm-hmm. until that, you know. And Evian has like a, you know, like she works with a therapist and apologizes and stuff. So it's like those are kind of like nice, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're right in that. If I were just an adult watching it today, having never seen it. So like if you're a listener and then you're watching it. Yeah, Eric was like, like, this is horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Eric was like, what is happening with this one? Uh, Because he had never seen it. He hadn't seen it. Yeah. So a lot of the humor that's nostalgic to me, they they don't have that personal filter. People who who didn't see it to to receive it that way. (laughs) Right. Like yeah. I'm definitely primed to see the good parts of that film more than For I'm sure. primed to see the shitty parts of, or the. For sure, it parts. took me a lot. It took like I'm sad. To, I'm so sad to say that I don't think it holds up, but I just don't. No, it makes sense though. Yeah, but I'll probably. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for listening. The Smell Test Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we will include uh, Hot Harland in the post. <laughs> and we're also on gmail and we have uh x account what is that formerly known as twitter yeah <laughs> find us there all right well um have a happy whatever you're about to get into if you're listening to this and thanks for listening we'll see you next time see you later